people deluded i'm back again i hope you're all doing well and safe on this monday morning once again good morning and thank you again for tuning back in it's always appreciative the amount of support you lot give me across my podcasts and also my youtube content primarily youtube content that's the bulk of what i do um yeah man it me it really means a lot definitely because of you know we've been in turbulent times globally over the last few months and you lot's support for me hasn't dipped so i have to thank you lot for that and if you're just tuning in for the first time then you might as well hit the follow button on spotify hit the subscription on my youtube because once you're in you're hooked man you lot know i know what i'm talking about but anyways now people there isn't too much to speak about just really wanted to speak about the premier league action really and truly because you lot know the games are coming thick and fast in fact spurs played midweek and we'll get onto it but they lost to sheffield but they're playing against Everton today and then obviously Arsenal are even playing Arsenal versus Leicester tomorrow. And there's a bag of games coming thick and fast, people. You lot know already, you know, we're in a rush to kind of finish all of these games that would have been played months ago. And like you lot see, the race for relegation is getting intense. The race for top four is getting intense. You know, Man United hitting form at the right time. Liverpool were below par against um, Aston Villa, but still got the three points. Um, Chelsea, you know, back to winning ways after obviously losing against West Ham. It's been a bit of a big, bukey week, you know. City will get onto that. But let's start off with Liverpool. Now, Liverpool, from what I watched of that game, you know, I don't know if it's a hangover effect. I don't know if it's a natural drop off because they've had a tough season. But I mean, that performance against Aston Villa, disregarding the fact that they are quite rightly so Premier League champions and obviously Pepe Reina's returning, it's nice for him. I don't think they was they was at it at all, man. I swear it took until almost just before half time to have an effort. They were below par. Now there's been times they've been below par this season when they were chasing the league and got over. But I know for a fact Jurgen Klopp won't be happy. He obviously will not be happy with the four 0 defeat that they suffered against um, Manchester City, and he also will not be happy in relation in relation to what um to what happened against Villa. Yes, they won two 0 Yes, they got a clean sheet. But they weren't good enough, in my opinion. It was lovely for Curtis Jones to get a goal. I think next season we'll see more of him. I said in the previous podcast and on my YouTube, I want to see more of him now that, you know, Liverpool have kind of wrapped up the league. Um, and, you know, it was nice for him to get his first Premier League goal. You know, we all dreamed of doing that as little kids. And I'm pretty sure he's from the area of Liverpool. He's been there for years. So it's a nice moment for him and also the coaching staff that have helped him along his way. And obviously his family. Mane scored as well. And with that, he's now scored 20 plus goals across all competitions in each of his last three seasons for Liverpool. I mean, certain people would turn up their nose when he was at Southampton. It's safe to say he's worked out as a decent signing. 2017-18, he bagged 20. 2019-20, he got 26. Will he be able to better last season? I'm not too sure he's on 20 now. There's a couple of games to go. You never know. But I think he might just miss that 20, that that. 26 um and Jurgen Klopp weren't happy himself man he says Liverpool cannot focus on breaking records after the Premier League champions made it seven win 17 wins from 17 home games obviously by beating Villa with that as you lot know they moved on to 89 points they need 12 points from their last five games if they wish to beat Manchester City's 100 points in the season and Klopp went on to say we are always focused on the game and that won't change we didn't come here and have numbers we have because we thought about breaking records Hopefully in the future, when the record ends or the season ends, I can start thinking about it. So what that means is obviously he, obviously he's enjoyed winning the Premier League, but he hasn't really had time to really take it in and really comprehend what he's done and how far he's progressed from the moment he stepped into Liverpool. Purely because if Klopp takes his foot off the gas, it's all over, isn't it, really and truly? 
Um, but he also went on to say, if we can do something special, it is great, but really we don't think about it. And that's true. The more you think about it, the least likely it is to happen. As well as breaking, obviously breaking the records, the most points in the season, um, Liverpool can also match Sunderland's 128-year record of winning every home game in a season, which would be great, people. They've won 17 out of 27, uh, 17 out of 17, and obviously they've got 24 in a row. And it will actually stretch back to, you know, their winning run stretch back to January 2019, really, against Leicester, which is crazy. Obviously, at the end of the day, you know, I know there's no fans there, but it was their first game back at Anfield after becoming champions and after that game against City, um, you know, and, it, you know, they got over the line at Anfield. That's all that matters, really and truly. Now, I'm all sure, I know for a fact, you know, keeping up with, with the top two, I, I'll skip ahead slightly. I know you all saw that goal Che Adams scored against Southampton. Edison, you know, that's what comes with Edison being off his line. It's a fantastic strike. No doubt a goal of the season contender. Um, with that, you know, Man City, I don't know what's going on. They, You know, we was hearing their players say our season starts today and all of this when they beat City, when they beat Liverpool 4-0, rightly so. And they're back to kind of dropping silly points, people, really and truly. I think they failed to really take their chances. I feel, you know, Southampton deserved to win. But South City were built below par. It's as simple as that. And Pep Guardiola says he's struggling to understand why his side have lost nine Premier League games this season. I'm pretty sure they've technically lost more games than Arsenal. So, you know, it's weird how stats work, people. And obviously, with losing against Southampton on Sunday, that's a third straight away defeat for them. Please keep that up against Man City, um, for, for Man City, Pep, when you play Arsenal at Wembley. But with that, Pep has lost three consecutive away league games for the first time in his managerial career. So he's probably baffled, but him himself said, we cannot say we are not a team who score goals this season. We are leading in goals. We create a lot of chances. We are a team who concede less. No team has conceded few chances as us, but we've lost a lot of games. It's difficult even for me to find a reason why, but you have to insist and talk about the game, the way they play and try to do more, concede as much as possible and score up front. Um, Despite this, though, Pep Guardiola kind of is positive about returning City back to where they belong. He said, I have the confidence we can do it because we are the same guys that did it in previous seasons. And that's fully right. This season, the way we are playing is quite similar, but it's not enough to win games. So they potentially have to reinvent slightly, tweak things slightly. But he's right. The bulk of that squad have won a couple of titles, to put it nicely, at City. So the quality doesn't die overnight, really. Now, you know, Chelsea lost to West Ham in the week, well, last week, and they bounced back to winning ways, got three points against Watford. And, you know, considering Leicester won, United won, Chelsea won, you know, third and fourth spot appear up for grabs. Um, between there's two spaces and three teams that I've just mentioned. So none of them can really, uh, really start dropping points. They're all looking at each other to see who's going to blink first. So, you know, Chelsea, 3-0, clean sheet, you know, Giroud on the scoreline, scoreline, Williams scoring again. Barkley, who has a lot of critics getting on the end of the getting on the um, the goals as well. Um, for Watford, obviously fighting relegation, they probably saw this as a as a sort of free hit, and I think they've got Norwich next, so they'll pour all their eggs into that. But either way, it was a poor game from them. You know, Manchester United are hitting form at the right time. You know, they're looking okay defensively. The errors are still there. I mean, you look at you know we'll get onto the good stuff in a minute. But the two goals they conceded, they need to cut that out if they want to be where Liverpool and things are. Because individually, you know, they've got some individuals. You saw Martial's goal. That was a fucking banger. Like, curler, Martial can do that. Martial looks confident again, even if he misses. You know, Greenwood, I, I spoke about him and gassed him up in my last preview. You know, it's getting to the point where I'm, I'm tired of speaking about Greenwood. You know what he's on. Like, he's the probably the be one of the best young finishers around, if not the best young finisher. I'll give it to Highland. Because obviously Highland's a teenager and doing his thing, let's respect him. 
but Greenwood's a fantastic finisher, left foot, right foot. Obviously, he's at that stage now. You know, it's been a, it's been a testing season for him. He's got 13, 15 goals. There was a time he was subbed at half time. Now he's you know he's clearly up to sta- up to scratch with the speed of thought. Physically, he's looking better. You know, maybe a bit of it he had to believe he belonged at this level. And you know, he for me he should be called up to England. He's like a Foden or a Saka and a Martinelli of Brazil. And that these sort of man, are, for me, obsession and Jude Bellingham soon. They're obsessed. They're obs- um, what's the word? They're exceptions to the rules. Like they they're young, but they move like they've been on this level for a time. And I mean Greenwood, two great efforts from Greenwood. I mean, you know, to first one he instantly got Bournemouth um, put Bournemouth um, to the sword after they scored. And you know he done his thing. Rashford scored a penalty as well. Martial done his thing. You've got Martial and Rashford on 20 league goals in all competitions. I'm more impressed with Martial because I believe he's got 15 in the league. I think he should have done this years ago. He's got the ability to do that. And also what's more impressive, not impressive, but he's missed two months or so. I'm sure Martial spent a bit of time injured. Um, So yeah, man, you've got their front three in in Greenwood, um, Mason Greenwood, Martial and Rashford. You know, they're all young. Two of them come from the academy, you know, United scoring some United goals that Ferguson would have been proud of yesterday. You know, they need to cut out the silly individual mistakes. But that front three, if developed and if they can do it consistently, like excluding Greenwood, Rashford and Martial, we've said this for years. They need to keep this consistency up, not just for this season. It's time to come into their own sort of thing. United could be scary. I still think they need, potentially need a centre-half. For me, if I was United fan, a left-back as well um, and a couple of other roles as well, right-winger as well. Um which, you know, United not having a quality right winger is some f- probably the first time in my life I've actually seen that, you know, now that deep even when they had wingers that they bought after Ferguson and they didn't hit the heights, they still done their thing. Obviously, you have Bruno Fernandes still um, scoring or assisting and doing his thing. And I mean, that guy is a quality player and it's, it's like he's been in the Prem forever. And if not the signing of the season, definitely top two signings of the season. The man joined in Jan and it's like he's been here for two years. So what can I say, man? United's front three are doing their thing. They're winning games. Every It don't matter how you do it. You just need to win games. The only criticism will be, you know, United concede some stupid goals. Like, that was a good goal from Stanislas. But, I mean, what going for Maguire for that? To get nutmegged like that in that position. You you play for your country. You've played for Leicester winning titles. You're playing for Man United. You can't be doing that sort of stuff. De Gea, you know, De Gea's a quality keeper. But, you know, he's I don't know what's, I don't know if it's complacency. I don't know if it's hunger. I don't, I don't know if he's naturally declining. But some of these goals he's conceding this season are criminal, and that goal also was criminal. Obviously, Eric Bailly, it was a bit comedic. Um, it was a, a bit harsh on him. I thought he hit his, hit, his, um, hit his shoulder, but, you know, Bournemouth got a penalty for that. But other than conceding them two goals in silly circumstances, United can't complain. They got the three points, and, you know, it, it's not about what you do. It's about, I'm sure, United want to get Champions League. United can attract players regardless of being in Europe or not. But, you know, Champions League can make the difference. Obviously, the money the money factor for the club, not that they need it like such. And, yeah, man, why wouldn't you want to play in the Champions League or for Oli managing the Champions League to get? And who knows, you know, Man United might be, I'm not saying they will, but let's just say they binned Oli Golisolsha and getting Champions League makes another manager that they're talking to more enticed by the fact, by, by the fact that they're in Europe and wants to come to join their club. Um, so it is what it is, man. I mean, you, Man United, they're flying high at the moment, man. They've hit a purple patch and they're doing their thing. You can't do anything but applaud it applaud it sorry with that you know they're sick they're now unbeaten in 16 games across all competitions um you know in relation to bruno fernandez you know it's no coincidence i don't know how many assists he has from martial but since he's arrived martial you know he's scored the most goals in the premier league of seven the most assists since bruno fernandez arrived in the prem is a trick question it's bruno fernandez with five and you know maybe next season him and kevin de bruyne have a proper shootout for that position do you get and 
I would love to throw Mesut Ozil in there, but his time been uncom. It's been uncom. Now for Arsenal, it was a fantastic week, people. Fantastic week. We're even hearing talk of a Bamian New Deal, young players committing their futures, winning games. Who, if you if you said before the game we're gonna beat Wolves two 0 I would have said you're guessing. Like we won two 0 Not that the away factor matters because there's no fans and there's nothing that really makes these games away games anymore. Um, since the restart, but at the end of the day, you know, three points, clean cheat. You know, putting a little mini run of form together. You know, I, I don't, I would, I'm don't want to go as far as to say mini form, but we're doing what we need to do. Top four is out of our hands. The most they, these players can do to give themselves this chance is to win their games. And you know, the games ain't coming any easier for us. We've had a difficult trip to Wolves. Um, thank you to Saka, and obviously it was nice for Lacazette to get a goal at the death. Then after that, we've got Spurs, I believe. Forgive me if I'm wrong. And we've got we've got to play Liverpool. Hopefully, it's the same below Liverpool side. But I'm happy we won three points. I'm not going to lie. You know, we had less possession. We took our chances. I felt we kind of struggled to break them down initially. I mean, it was a really boring first half an hour. We couldn't really get our strikers into the game. Our midfield and defence had to enjoy the ball. I think Mustafi and Louise did very well, especially Mustafi in the air, especially both of them for the second goal. What can I say, people, man? Um... You know, we're trying to fight an unlikely push for the Champions League next season after these three league wins in a row. Obviously, we're eight points behind Chelsea with five games to go. We're six behind United. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to see people. And obviously, fifth is of importance because, as you lot know, there's an, probably a, a decision expected within the next fortnight in relation to Manchester City's ban from the Champions League people. Um, so, you have to see. Um, what happens in that regard obviously heading into the game against Wolves we had failed to beat a team in the top half away from home in the Premier League this season taking only three points from a possible 21 and we had not won any of, of our last 17 Premier League away games against teams starting the day higher in the table this stretches back to September 2015 so it doesn't matter if you go for clean sheets errors to go there's a lot of things that you can't be associated with a team or, you know, you should eradicate with a team that has ambitions to become a consistent Champions League team again. You know, but at the end of the day, we won. For me, players are looking confident under Arteta. Players are looking more assured of themselves. For me, with Arteta, I mean, I like how he's got a plan. And at the end of the day, we got three points. And big up to Martinez as well, man, because he's taken his chance since Leno's come in. I think he made some important saves against Wolves. Um, it's his third consecutive clean sheet in the competition. And it's also his sixth in his eighth Premier League start. Um, this is his first, obviously, prolonged run in the team. Like, you know, he's been here for around 10 years and he's against Wolves, a team he's been on loan at. He made his 10th his Premier League away match, people. Um, and I like him because he's he comes from, he's got hunger, people. And I mean, you just got you just got to look at it, people. He said, I come from a poor background. My dad couldn't afford to buy me gloves when I was younger. And sometimes we wouldn't have any meat because we didn't have any money to buy dinner. Um, so this shows you the drivenness so again he escaped poverty what is having the patience to sit on the bench really and truly and he said i believe in my talent i believe in my work i don't know if i'm going to be the number one in two months or in 10 years but i will be and this shows you you know he might only have it temporarily but if you work for something and you manifest it in your mind you never know what could happen for you so i'm happy for him people elsewhere you obviously saw newcastle and west ham draw 2-2 that sue check you at it again classy goal from shelby if i can remember correctly Obviously, Burnley and Sheffield United drew. Burnley should have taken their chances. You know, McNeil, I don't know how he missed from inside the area. And obviously, Egan saved Sheffield's blushes. And Sheffield, you know, they've had a decent season. And, you know, even this dropping off points, it's not it's, it's a thing because they've, they're having such a good season and performing above standards. But 
this drop off is to be expected. They're gonna finish in the top half, and it's a fantastic year. But what they can't allow, and what Chris Wilder won't allow, is is complacency. You've still got a professional job to do. You can't just sit there and say, "Oh, we're playing better than we was last year, and we're we're safe from the drop. We haven't been in any drop shouts, relegation shouts." You know, we can't accept that. And since the restart, I don't know specifically what's been going wrong with Sheffield, um, but you'd have you'd have to ask them. But it hasn't it hasn't been plain sailing for them people. Um, obviously, you saw Brighton defeat Norwich a goal to one, and them Norwich players look resigned to defeat people. They look like a team knowing they're going down. You look at Cantwell after the game, and I don't think they'll sell everyone, but I think Brendia probably will get a move to a Premier League or to another top division. Todd Cantwell, you know, really he should be going for twenty five million, as high as forty. Max Aaron's, I think he he could stay another year, but he's someone that could go out. I, I like Max Aaron's a lot, but I think he was pretty poor in that game overcomplicates things that's one pet peeve of his game he overcomplicates things at times where he doesn't have to simply just clear it failing to track runners for one of the goals as well for the goal as well just hasn't you know failing to offer anything going forward i like max Aaron's, but he was atrocious um but he's someone that can get a move jamal lewis can get a move ben godfrey can get a move there's a couple players there that will probably get premier league moves but they look like a team that knows they're going down i need to begin the process of potentially planning for next season Elsewhere, Leicester, who face Arsenal Tuesday. I watched this game, you know, Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace engineered their own errors. I don't know what Saka is doing. I don't know why for the third goal you would ha even dare to leave Vardy in the channels sort of unmarked, you know. For Kalecci's goal, they're not tracking runners. Palace were just atrocious people. But to be fair, as an Arsenal fan, I watched the first 20 minutes, first 20 to 40 minutes really and truly, I think they, relative, they did relatively well containing Leicester and I think there's some promise there. Obviously, a lot of teams are scoring in the second half of games and not many teams are scoring in the first half anyways. But it seems like Leicester, since the restart, are relying a lot on late goals or second half goals. We can't not get away with Vardy. You know, he's 33 years of age now. You know what? He's been in the Prem five or six years. You need to remember, he first started playing at 27 years of age. So to hear he's got 100, he's become a centurion in the Premier League. You know, he was already a Premier League legend after what he's done with Leicester and his rise to the game. But I f like people don't comprehend, like to come into the top flight at 27 and get 100 goals, you have to be very good. And, you know, I might not agree with a lot of things Jamie Vardy um, does and, and comes with, and comes with, and especially stuff to do with his partner. But, you know, I can applaud his footballing ability. He's a quality striker. And at 33 years of age, he shows no age of stepping down. And the only thing for Leicester, they need to understand one day it's, it's going to come, in it? Like, you know, Vardy has only recently, forgive me if I'm wrong, got back in form. He was kind of not firing but prior to the last, was it last game. I can't remember, but he hasn't been... He's been scoring goals, but he's been going through some dry patches. I'm sure Leicester fans would agree. But eventually, they're going to have to replace him. Like Eventually, it's even with Aubameyang. If Aubameyang signs a new deal in two years, he's 33 or so. From now, you've got to be looking for the long-term Aubameyang replacement. If it's not going to be Martin, Eddie, Eddie and Ketty, or Balogun or Tyrese or Greenwood or someone within Arsenal's academy or first team, you need to go and source that people. So it'll be interesting to see how Leicester rebuild really and truly. Um it will be very interesting. Away from that, though, I don't think I'm missing any Premier League games out. And if I am, um, like I said, Brian beat Norwich. I'm not too sure I specified that. Um, in relation to the games to come, Arsenal got Leicester seventh versus third. You know, Leicester are trying to solidify top four. It's going to be a tough game. Vardy, he loves scoring against Arsenal. He's found his goal-scoring boots again. Kelechi, you know, he scored twice in his last two games, so there's red-hot form. You know, Chilwell might be a bit at times suspect defensively. Going forward, he's a good player. 
they've got Madisons, they've got Telemans, they've got Ndidi snapping in. They're a very aggressive and tenacious side when they want. They're not afraid to cross. So we've got to be equal. Like everything that I asked my team to do against Wolves, to a degree, I want it against Leicester. You know, you're playing with a different striker in Jamie Vardy and that he's potentially not just going to stand in the middle and, you know, be a target man. He's going to go on the last shoulder. He's going to work the channels. And make sure if you cannot see him on the half turn, don't let that happen, in fact, because if you can't see him when you turn around, you're in trouble and he will exploit you. You saw him bagging the 90th minute in his last game and Leicester do their thing in terms of late game. So we need to be switched on. You know, Leicester won, we won, both of us give our, giving us our best platform. Both teams need to win. You know, Leicester are fighting United and Chelsea for third and fourth, respectively. Arsenal have slim hopes of getting into that and we know we probably won't because we're relying on too much. But to have any hope... You need to win all your games and maximise the points. And, you know, on Tuesday, Arsenal versus Leicester is a must-win for both teams. I dare to say more. Not even dare to say it's more so Arsenal. So we'll see what happens in that regards, people. Would love to see Torreira start, to be fair with you. I think he'll remain with Xhaka and Ceballos, who, you know, definitely Xhaka deserves to remain in the team. He's kind of said Guendouzi and Ozil won't feature again in, um, in relation to this game. We'll have to see. He might be lying to us. I mean, it'll be interesting. I want to see Pepe because I think Chilwell, he's, dec he's a decent defender. But when you go have someone there beating 1v1 with pace, he kind of struggles. So I think we need to play Pepe. And I think we need to play Maitland-Niles, um, to be fair, because Maitland-Niles has the best relationship with Pepe. He likes to offer an outlet. Cedric Suarez at a push, it'll probably be Bellerin, but I don't think it's the game for Bellerin because I need my fullback as well as to defend to make an option and double up and discourage Chilwell from going forward. Um and ask Chilwell to ask his midfield man to cover him, people. And, it, you know, it could be, Io, if they did 4-4-2, is it Iozzi Perez? You know, he might not want to do that. I think all Brighton and Barnes will do that. But will it be Perez? And, you know, these fine margins make the difference in games, people. So we'll see what happens. Today, Monday, is Spurs versus Everton. Everton, you know, I've picked up seven points from a potential nine since the restart. So they're in decent form. Spurs, to put it nicely, are playing atrocious. You know, they got bullied, beaten off the park against Sheffield United after a certain point in the game. They lost 3-0 at the end of the day. Well, 3-1, if I remember correctly, with Kane scoring. At the end of the day, it's, it's unacceptable for Spurs and what they've been doing for the last couple of years. The Spurs players know that, the fans know that, Jose knows that, and he probably doesn't know right now what to do to reinvigorate the squad. But Spurs cannot feel sorry for, us, for themselves. Nobody can feel sorry for themselves in the Premier League. Definitely at this point in time, they just need to... The best way is to learn what you did wrong and just get on it again and make sure you win against Everton. It's that simple. West Ham against Burnley. West Ham are fully in a relegation battle and they're going to need to be at their best um, against Burnley. You know, Burnley kind of shot themselves in the foot. You know, they. I think it was Tarkovsky who scored for them in the last game. Failed to defend properly, failed to take chances, like I said earlier, with McNeil. And then, you know, bit of quality from Egan for Sheffield, you know, bit of decent work goal. They walk away with something. So, Burnley have something to learn from. Newcastle versus Man City, I believe, is a get is the next one. And that's an interesting game because I remember in the reverse fixture, I think City won. But Newcastle made them work very hard. Steve Bruce, for at a time in the season, was quite good against the big teams and was knew how to play against them. And he, there must be a lot of that. With City's form, you know, there's probably never been a better time to play them. I do back them to beat Newcastle, but you never know. Sheffield United versus Wolves, you know, two teams playing, performing very well this season. Like I said, Sheffield had a little um, a little, little knockback since the restart. Wolves obviously lost to Arsenal, and I'm sure they want to get back to winning ways. Prior to the Arsenal game, they were two points off the top four, so I'm sure they ain't got time to mess about. So you can imagine Sheffield are in for a big test. 
Brighton play Liverpool. Liverpool want to put in a convincing performance and win as usual. You've got United against Aston Villa. You know, you've got to be careful of these relegating te- relegation fighting clubs. Bournemouth cannot win a game at the moment in time. After, you know, I believe on Thursday, Spurs play again and they'll be playing Bournemouth. I fully expect them to win. And then you've got Everton versus Southampton before the restart, people. Away from that, though, and then, you know, the race to, for the Liga title is getting quite tricky. You know, Real Madrid won 1-0. Real Madrid scored his fifth goal in seventh games. Um, Messi had a goal ruled out in the game, but I'm sure if you watch Barcelona versus Villarreal, Messi got 18 assists, which I believe is his one uh, a, a personal record of his. You know, you saw um, Asu Fati come off the bench, another ridiculous teenager between him, Martinelli, Highland, Greenwood. Um, crazy kids, man, crazy potential. Uh, Griezmann who gets a lot of critics was able to score as well they won 4-1 and you know Barca I think have bottled the league with draws against Seville Celta Vigo and I believe Atletico Madrid but they need to get back to winning ways especially with Madrid now leading the pack Suarez scored as well and he's three assists away from 100, 100 assists for Barcelona for goals he'll be if he scores six more he'll have 200 and he's 23 games away from 300 games, so he's you not know him. He's been since he's joined from Liverpool, he's been a fantastic player for Barca, and he had his critics initially, but you know he shut them up. In relation to Messi, um, he's now provided two assists in three of his last four La Liga away games. You know, um, he now has sorry, it was 18 by the lot because I I I just remember watching the game and it was 18 at a point. It's actually 19 assists in a La Liga season for Messi, which is a career best for him. Um, you know, Messi's a ridiculous man. And obviously, As- Asu Fati, probably Barcelona's breakout star of the season. Um, he's got six goals for this, the campaign in La Liga and he's only 17. And between him and Rika Pig, they seem to be the ones breaking through at the moment into the Barcelona team. And Rika Pig is a baller, man. He showed it against Atletico. He's shown it um, since he's been given an opportunity. Um, you know, obviously, the mind games are going to start at this moment in time between Barca and Madrid. And Barcelona's president... Um, Bartomeu has has accused VAR favoring favoring um, Real Madrid basically, um, which I'm not going to go into his statements. In fact, I will. He said, "I watched the Saint Mames game until almost the end of the second half. I feel bad because we have the best league in the world, and VAR after the coronavirus isn't fair. It has changed some results and always favors the same team." Boy. So you can see the mind games. Personally, I think Madrid have won. I think Barcelona are in too much disarray. But we'll have to see, man. It's fantastic as a neutral um, watching that. In other news, though, you know, David Ornstein has basically said what, what I've been banging on for. First and foremost, Phil Foden is in line for a senior England call-up from Southgate. Um, apparently, Mason Greenwood is on is on, is on on the, the, the agenda as well. And I mean, come on now. I think, you know, carry Kane. You bring Kane. Rashford goes as a winger slash striker. If it was on the current form, you know, Danny Ings would... I don't think he'd get called up, but deserves to be thrown into the shout. Tammy's been hot and cold, but you know Southgate likes him. And I believe Greenwood. I've been saying Greenwood should get a call-up. For me, the two definites is Mason, Greenwood and Kane. Like, obviously, international football is different and Greenwood is still young. He's barely completed a season at United. But, I mean, I'm sorry. I've seen people like Solanke called up. Callum Wilson, no disrespect to Wilson. I like him. I mean, Greenwood is only going to get better. Like, do you get it? Like, no disrespect to Wilson. That's as good as it gets for him. Do you get it? As even if Danny Yang's got called up, 
Greenwood's only going to get better. I believe with the Greenwoods, the Foldens, the Sackers, eventually Jude Bellingham and, and Curtis Jones potentially, we've got to put our hat around them and give, give give them as many games, not only together, but give them as many games as possible, you know. Try and try and gel them in, man. Do what the German teams are doing. I think Phil Foden should have got this call up even when he was on the cusp of the, thing, the team in City and weren't playing. Greenwood deserves his call-up. I mean, he's got, what, 15 goals in all competitions, 15 goals from 41 appearances. Very good finisher. He's probably excluding Kane, be the best finisher in the England squad by that by that logic. And I believe Bakayo Saka. I know my Nigerian fans and my Nigerian friends won't be happy, but you can't deny Bakayo Saka. He can perform at left-back. He can perform in midfield. He can perform on the flanks. Again, for, for Phil Foden, for Greenwood, for Saka, obviously international football is a different ball game. Obviously, they're relative novice. Like Foden's got a bit more, couple exper years experience over them because he's what twenty. But you know, international football is different. But can they do any worse than some of the lineups we've seen? Some of the more experienced lineups we've seen. Um, who knows, people? I'd love to see in September. You know, the games against we've got a double header coming up against Iceland and Denmark. I want to see both of all three of them. Sorry, in Greenwood, Foden, and Saka called up because I think they deserve it, people. You know, they probably all... I think Foden would have edged it. I think Southgate would have bottled probably calling up um, Greenwood and Saka if, you know, we was going to the Euros this... Well, this season. Well, at the end of this season, technically Greenwood and Saka, you know, their last few games would be irrelevant because we wouldn't be playing league football in this month. But, you know, it'd be lovely to see. And for me, it's all about preparing for the 22 World Cup, 2022 World Cup. That's in a few years, you know. Do what you can to get Phil Foden, Saka, Greenwood all playing together and gelling together. Obviously, the Jaden Sanjos goal go without saying. Personally, I back Jude Bellingham to get an England call-up within the next couple of years. Um, only it's down, it's down to him, potentially Curtis Jones as well. It's about getting these men down and there's some exciting players coming through England generally now and to be fair at the first team level at senior level some of the individuals getting call-ups I'm going to be honest it's a mockery people I'm going to like you could do a lot worse then call up people who deserve to be called up that's just my opinion people moving away from that though and um, there's a bit of things Jose Mourinho's not happy with Arsenal um, you know the social media stuff how we poked for, well no one from Arsenal but he said he claimed Arsenal don't have much to celebrate like Spurs do, Jose, after being asked about a recent social media post by their North London rivals. And he said, I think if they were top or fighting for the top four in a really good moment, they wouldn't enjoy the problems of others. Lies will always enjoy the problems of Spurs. You only enjoy the moments of others when you are also in trouble. So what about when you was running away with league titles and, and was considerably be considerably better than Arsenal when you was Chelsea manager, but he still poked fun at Wenger and called him a specialist in failure and all of this tosh? Bit hypocritical, isn't it, mate? Jose, I got a lot of time for you, but shut up. He said, in the end, it says more about them. They don't have much to celebrate. They have to get every opportunity to do it. They're in a very similar situation to us in the table. That's true. Okay, so what about for years when we were winning league titles and Spurs are talking about us? Arsenal haven't finished above you for three years. And we, uh, you're tracing 20 plus years and you lot keep speaking about us. You know, even when Spurs were flying in the league, they're still speaking about us. Like Spurs have always been talking. Spurs have spoken about us more than we speak about them. Let's not get it twisted. And I'm gonna always sound biased because I'm an Arsenal fan. But let's, like, I'll be damned if if I'll let this slide, people. Cause this don't make no sense, Jose. You're, I know you got to say what you got to say, but you're gassing, man. Um, and but I do agree we should be focusing on us. And I'm pretty sure he's poking fun of our Steve McFarlane, our photographer. He's known to rattle a few on Instagram and and Twitter. 
But he said, I don't like to connect the club with some post or tweet. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm right. But the person that did it, did it by themselves. I don't believe it was Arteta that posted it. I don't believe it was Xhaka or another captain that did it. It was probably some guy that was at home for three or four months working from home. No problem at home, but we'll be waiting for them. So we'll have to see. And he said, to be champions of Los London means nothing for me because I think you have to be much bigger than that and have more ambitions than that. That's true. But I also look to the rivals of my clubs with different eyes. As you know, I've been in so many big clubs with so many special rivals. So I don't hide that Arsenal in this moment is a very special rival. Yes, I would like to finish in a better position than them. But again, I want my team to be bigger than that. And I want my, my club to feel bigger than that. <laughs> Anyways, I can't disagree. But anyways, you know, apparently the Athletic are reporting Bailey is being tracked. Leon Bailey of Leverkusen is being tracked by some of Europe's top sides. Apparently, Man City and um, and City City and Man United are among the Premier League teams interested in him. Although he is not a first choice target for either of them, apparently Leverkusen would be open to selling at a suitable amount. Apparently, talks are scheduled between the club and, and Bailey and his representatives. Now, if you remember rightly, a move probably is going to happen because, or he a move is going to happen in the near too distant future because he's changed agents or changed representatives. It uh, it appears he's joined colossal management. So there probably is an extra exit strategy. Um, and in relation to the exit strategy, apparently Leverkusen want 20 to 30 million for him, which is quite cheap, maybe with relation to COVID. But we'll see what happens. I would love him at Arsenal. Aubameyang's been linked, as you lot know, with a with talk of a three-year deal for 250k. I mean, a blind man could see Arsenal need to do that. I'm sure you will agree. We could do a lot worse, especially if you make money by getting rid of, well, we've got rid of Mkhitaryan and pardon me people and the rest of them there's money for there yes 30 year old is probably excessive and it gives him the comfortability but Aubameyang clearly is an exception to the rule we clearly cannot get better we need him immediately to help us with what Arteta wants to do provided we fix up the rest of the side for Lacazette though apparently Arsenal have had have had contract talks with the striker um, Mikel has said even though he's urged the club um, to discuss the next step with Lacazette and see if the striker wants to sign a new deal he said we have to chat about the next step with him and get his ideas and feelings. As I said, I'm really happy with him. He's a player that I've always liked, even when I wasn't here, because of what he brings. His quality, his ability, his work rate. So let's see. Now we are in a crucial moment. It's no time to talk about a lot of contractual situations. We still have time and we'll do it in the right way. And I mean, he doesn't exactly blur out Arsenal's business with Aubameyang, but I mean, playing the language used with Lacazette and Aubameyang is quite telling. He's kind of played very coy on such people which is quite funny. Um, so we'll have to see what happens in that regard. Moving away from that, though, and I'm all sure you've seen Messi has said he wants to leave Barcelona, allegedly, he says it every time his contract's up. Apparently, City could sign the Argentinian Lionel Messi when his contract expires next summer if Pep Guardiola leaves the club, which... Why has Pep got to leave for City to sign? I don't know. This is what TalkSport said. The Express has said Chelsea are looking to sell six players to fund the transfer of the German midfielder Kai Hervites. He's valued at about 90 million. So that probably means Emerson, Alonso, people have to get new clubs. Um, apparently PSG are monitoring Arsenal and Spain right back Bellerin. And apparently Bayern Munich and Juventus are all interested. And I mean, I'd be, I'd be interested in selling him for the right price. Um, you know, Bayern Munich boss um, Fleek has said he's doing his best to convince Thiago to stay um, in Munich, as you lot know, Munich have been linked. Well, Munich's midfielder Thiago has been linked with a move to Liverpool. Apparently, Danny Rose fears his Tottenham career is over and that he is playing for his future on loan at Newcastle. 
Well, I mean, you've gone out on loan at 30 years of age. You've probably known it's done. Apparently, Atletico and Seville are weighing up offers for Barcelona's midfielder, Ivan Rakitic, who has been told he can leave. Um, Xavi has been linked with a move to Barcelona as their manager, but for his Qatari side, El Saad, he signed a new deal. So I have to see what happens. Juan Mato is being linked with a move to Fenerbahce people. Um, Carlo Ancelotti has said he will not sell his star players, Richarlison, Mason, Holgate and Dejane, despite all of them being linked with moves away. Paul Scholes says Man United made a mistake not moving for Highland before his move to Borussia Dortmund, which considering they had him on, you know, they, they Ole Gunnar Solskjaer knew about him and whatnot. They missed a the trick. I mean, they had him, they had Martinelli, they had him on their radars. They had Martinelli in a United top training and the same goes for Alphonse Davis. So they, the scouting network at Man United needs a revamp. You'll always miss out players and football's a game of opinions, but that's ridiculous. Mandzukic has become a free agent after terminating his contract with his Qatari side El Duhane. So maybe a move to Europe is there. You lot know Victor Osimhen of Lyon. The 21-year-old has been linked with a lot of moves and apparently he's moving to Naples, which could hasten the departure of Milik, who has been linked with both Spurs and Juventus people. And he's been linked with Juventus for a while. So we'll see what happens in relation to transfers. But in relation to this podcast, there's not much to speak about on this Monday morning. The most exciting thing for me is Greenwood, Saka, Foden being called up for England. Obviously, it's nice to wake up on a Monday morning knowing my team won on the weekend and kept a clean sheet and things like that. But the work, the hard work starts now. You know, we've got Leicester tomorrow, people. So, you know, I'll be here on Thursday via podcast to speak about such. But if you can't wait till Thursday, check out my YouTube content. All you got to do is type in Deluded Guna and you find everything. My socials are Deluded Guna 04 and everything. Snapchat DGuna04. Yeah, man, people take care. Stay blessed. I'm out. DG.